I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hello. This is a prepaid collect call from an inmate at... But you got a new job or something? Yeah, something like that. You're sad. I'm feeling a lot of things right now. I mean, I'm alone. I feel like I'm just wandering. I don't know what to do. Jesus. Welcome to Syndicate, a film and TV podcast. From our screens to your watch list, we gather to share and discuss your next favorite. Join us as we want you to spend less time scrolling and more time watching. And now, here's your host, Armand Haddad. Hello and welcome to another episode of Syndicate. I'm your host, Armand Haddad. This season, we are shining the spotlights on independent films and the power of cinema within our lives. Today's focus is on the 2022 drama, Meeting Boone. To unpack this film, I'm accompanied by the film's director and writer, Paige B. Alston. Paige, welcome to Syndicate. Armand, thank you so much for having me. Uh, I'm happy to be here. Yeah, I'm glad that your people reached out to me in regards to your film, and I watched the trailer, checked out the website, and I was like, this is a film I gotta talk about. So I watched it, and I was completely blown away. But before we get into the film, I want to talk a little bit about you, so the audience has a little bit of a profile on who you are as a director. So I have to ask, might be a little bit cliche, but what drew you towards filmmaking? Um... The I've always wanted to do film since I was in high school. Uh, I was a part of a youth development program um, that taught us digital media arts. And so they gave us the opportunity to learn how to edit and direct uh, like 30 second promos and like PSAs and stuff like that. And so one day we got the opportunity to do a Crime Stoppers PSA mm. and they split us up into groups and I was the director of one group and um, our our job was like to write out the script and you know put together our team and make sure we shot it and then whoever had like the best one they would show on channel two which was the news okay. um, or you know they would show it repeatedly yeah. and um 
my group ended up winning. And so it was a very horrible commercial in hindsight. <laughs> but um but after, you know, doing all of that, I was about fifteen or sixteen. And so it was it was really fun for me and I, I said to myself, This is what I wanna do for life and I didn't know like what type of filmmaker I wanted to be. Um when I was in when I was in high school, I thought I would be like a documentary filmmaker. Mm. Um, and for whatever reason, I thought documentary filmmaking was easy uh, or would be easier. But that is such a lot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. And so. Um, so, yeah, that's pretty much what got me into filmmaking. And then I ended up going to Western Michigan University um, for film, video and media studies. Uh, they have a. They had a film program um, that I was a part of, but I wouldn't necessarily recommend them for film production. Um, Only at least back then, you know, that was 2010 to 2014. And so, um, but they did, uh, as far as like film studies, you know, it was really good. So I did learn a a lot of textbook things um, and I learned how to write a script. And I think that was probably the most valuable thing I got from it and just obviously like film history and stuff like that um but other than that when it came down to it i ended up um after leaving western i ended up having to pretty much create my own films Mm. um and it started with like the one script that i had wrote in college it was a short like 24 pages and um, I had ended up going back to that youth development program where I was now a teacher for it. And um, I took the script that I had and with the help of like, you know, my boss at the time who was like a mentor, he was like, yeah, you know, you could just shoot it here, you know, or you could do casting here. And so we shot uh, from that. We made like my first short film. And that's pretty much where I took off running. After that, I was like, oh, I want to make a feature film. And that was not even a smart decision. But because <laughs> I had no idea, you know, what that really consisted of. Right. Um, but I just took a chance. And from that that point on, you know, that's that's pretty much how I got started. Hey, I mean, I was very impressed uh, watching your uh, independent film. And it was feature length. It was 90 minutes. And I was like, wow, she did it. And <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for watching. So so you mentioned Michigan. Uh, do you hail from Michigan? Because your film meeting, Boone, takes place primarily in the Detroit area. And I think in the Detroit city proper. Um, are you from Detroit originally? Yes. I am born and raised in Detroit, Michigan. Um I went nice. to Cass Technical High School. Uh, then, yeah, I pretty much am from from Michigan, Detroit, Michigan. But we shot the film in in Metro Detroit, Detroit, and pretty much any place people would say, "Yeah, you could shoot here." So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Very nice. Yeah, I'm from Chicago, and oh, nice. so I'm like on the other side of the hand across the lake over there. Um, so like when I was watching your film, I could tell that it it was from someone who's so familiar with Detroit and, you know, watching. I'm like, okay, obviously I think Paige is from Detroit because like a little bit of, you know, nuances here and there of like the, the characters interacting with the scenery and uh, the, the the establishing shots. I was like, okay, obviously this is from uh, the mind of someone from Detroit. <laughs> yes, uh, absolutely. I think I included enough 
Detroit vernacular and you know, well, <laughs> you know, it it's I've considered it to be kind of a universal film, but there are people here who will watch it where I'm at in Detroit and say, Oh, I know where that's at. Oh, I know where that's at and then I think some of the um like the Ambassador Bridge, uh, that's clearly in Detroit, you know. Um, and then I think there's like a sign that says Detroit something in one of the right. transition scenes, I mean, shots. So, yeah. Right. Oh, the Eastern Market, which is a big staple in Detroit. So, it is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Selling blueberries. Yeah, <laughs> precisely. Fresh blueberries. I was like, okay, I think this is big in Michigan. Because it is big in Michigan because I went to Michigan. Uh, I went to, I think it's New Haven on the other side of the mitten. Oh, yeah. And like, okay. there's like, they're very big on blueberries. One says blueberry shop and like there's blueberry jam, blueberry, I think yep. the the lip chap and i was like wow they really like their blueberries so yeah you captured i was like okay that's really cool <laughs> yeah and um it was a funny story behind that because we kind of just we walked up to somebody who had a blueberry stand at eastern market so pretty much eastern market is um it's an open market for it's like a farmer's market so to speak so every friday um i mean not every friday but every weekend uh Farmers and, you know, people who grow their own things and have their own, like, entrepreneur and independent um, things to sell, they come into the shed on on Saturdays and I think Sundays maybe, but, um, and they sell those things. And so we had walked up to a guy who had a, a blueberry stand and we were like, wow. hey, we're shooting a film. Could we... <laughs> And they were like, oh, yeah, you know, um, and they gave us a ton of blueberries, too, afterwards. You know, we wow. bought blueberries just to support. And uh-huh. then they ended up giving us like a ton to go home with. But um, nonetheless, they were really nice and nice people. And, you know, we made a good connection there. You know, I had a feeling that uh, that character little extra uh in that scene was an actual <laughs> blueberry salesman because like i don't know it just felt authentic i was like yes. i don't think this guy's from central casting i think this is like a real uh salesman <laughs> for his small business absolutely cool. um we had we heard him say it um once and then when we started filming it was like wait could you do that for the film and you know he did it and we had him do it a few different times just so we could, you know, incorporate it in the film because, right. you know, thought it would be cool. Yeah, it was, it was a smart decision. So we touched upon your film. So let's really get into it. So your film, Meeting Boone. Um, yes. What were your main inspirations uh, going into writing this? Because you wrote this and you directed this. So what was the main inspiration for this story? Uh, initially, initially, it was... Really, it took some time for me to to first, you know, write the script. I'm not one of those people to lock myself in a room for a week and get it done. Unfortunately, it takes nearly a year. If, (laughs) but but um, initially it was a a short film that I had wrote, and I knew that I wanted to write a film um, where someone—it's so random—but with someone who worked at a funeral home. Because <laughs> um, I knew a funeral home director, and right. so uh, it was actually the the church. Um, he was a he's a reverend at the church that um, I go to, and he owns a funeral home across the street, which is also which is in the film. Mm. And so um, 
I did a film screening for my previous film, Chasing After You, there. And I told him, I said, hey, I think I'm going to need the funeral home for for the for my next film and at the time i didn't know what the story was going to be or anything um but i just started kind of creating from there and then um i did i honestly uh getting into like a spiritual aspect i did some praying and fasting on like how to how to really like bring the story Mm -hmm. to be but i think it came down to me noticing that um like so many people were dying because it was around the time, like it was literally probably when I finished the script, it was right. Like when uh, COVID was like rising a lot. And so, so many people were, were dying and then it was just kind of a lot going on in the world mm-hmm. as it always is, I guess. And so, um, but I felt like people were getting like becoming desensitized to like death. And I wanted to uh, bring to the light how, serious grief and moments that happen right now are. And so I wanted to tell a story that was interesting enough to make people stop and process that. That's really interesting. You know, let's unpack that a little bit. So you wrote this film uh, during the early stages of the pandemic uh, Mm -hmm. in 2020? Uh, We actually shot it in 2020. Um, Yeah, we shot it when they were doing, at least for Michigan, when they were like, it was probably like a week before they had locked us down. Mm-hmm. Um, and it came down to uh, me asking the cast that I had already casted. And we, we had like three tentative schedules and it was all relying on whether or not we were going to get locked down and what day it was going to be. Mm-hmm. And so um, I asked the cast, I said, Hey, you know, we could just shoot this next year um, or we could go, out into you know the world and take the necessary precautions right. um and, and shoot this film and they all just were really like anxious to like shoot it you know right wow. away they were just um i remember one of the actors said like let's just shoot it before they lock us down and we can't we can't get it out like let's just do it and wow. it actually made the process oddly enough it made the process a little easier because so many things were closed down. And so um, like the restaurant that we shot at in, in the very beginning of the film, mm-hmm. uh, they weren't actually open on the inside. And so mm. it was kind of easy for us to, you know, set up shop in there for that day. Wow. Okay. So you, like you didn't have to like, hey, I need to rent this place out. I'm shooting a film. It's going to be for this amount of time. There are, the inside was closed already for all these yeah. different establishments that you shot in. That's 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 a nice convenience, uh, given that the world was ending at the time. <laughs> I know, and and it was really just like oh, because uh, I I went to that that place is like around the corner from my house, and I I live currently in Mount Clemens, which is a, a kind of suburb of, of Detroit, and so oh. it's it's like downtown Mount Clemens, and so they um. They actually, I reached out to him because I go there often and the owner, his name is Lou, uh, he was just like, yeah, you know, we'd love to have a film, be in a film, you know? And so, and that's kind of how that came about. So there was a sense of community uh, when you were asking all these people to, to help collaborate with your film. They're like, yeah, I'll do it. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was pretty serendipitous yeah that's uh, nice. 
that that everything kind of happened the way that it did, um, especially with, you know, locations. And then some of them were like Airbnbs and stuff like that. Mm. Um, but we didn't we really didn't have like a issue because I know like the park scene or the outside scenes, even the, the liquor store, uh, it was a lot of guerrilla filmmaking. Let's let's say that <laughs> it was a whole lot. It was literally just like pull up. Let's use this spot. <laughs> well, believe it or not, a lot of the great filmmakers uh, of our time started with guerrilla filmmaking, like uh, James Cameron, when he yes. <laughs> created the Terminator, the first one, he did a lot of guerrilla style filmmaking. Really? That was totally in the uh-huh. Terminator? Yes. Like uh, when he's like out in the streets, uh, most of it was no permits. Wow. <laughs> wow. Well, I mean, what do you know? Let's do really quick. <laughs> yeah. And, and, it, and it has been that situation where it's like, um, oh, the police are coming. We got to go. <laughs> <laughs> or or let's just hurry up and shoot this before before they pull up. They're about to run and ask us, you know, to move. What are you doing? Uh, uh, we're doing a student film. Oh, okay, whatever. That's literally... We're like, working with the news. Okay, yeah, sure. That's the cheat code. It is the film. cheat code. <laughs> I'm in college. Um, we're doing a student film. Oh, okay, we get it, kids. All right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. So let's dive into your film even further. So a segment we like to do on Syndicate is the elevator pitch. Please stand clear of the closing door. So for those that don't know, if you're selling a movie on a friend, you really only have 60 seconds to do so. So Paige, here on Syndicate today, I want you to pitch me meeting Boone. Tell me the entire plot of the film within 60 seconds while avoiding major spoilers. Are you ready? Yes. Um. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, we're going to start in three, two... One, go. Meeting Boone is a film about a ex-convict, Boone Russell, who befriends a young woman, Layla, after he begins to pursue the mysteriously caused death of his younger brother, who happens to be her close friend. Uh, All of this leads to some unforeseen happenings. Nice. With the... Almost 30 seconds to spare. You did a great job. Yeah, it's it's a very um, simple storyline. And what drew me in was because it was so focused in on the characters of Boone, Layla, and Boone's brother, Bryson Russell, and then the characters uh, surrounding all of them. So, yeah, I mean, this is, I feel like a modern retelling of The Prodigal Son. Uh, mm-hmm. Was that a main inspiration for you, creating this movie? Yes and no. Okay. <laughs> um, yes, uh, I, I would say because I did use some of my biblical, I mean, I guess I have a, I read the Bible, biblical background, <laughs> um, you know, just, just from what I know. Uh, and then I did do research, um, boom, the, the name boom means blessing. Uh, and so mm. I, I, it was kind of intentional, yes. Okay. But uh, loosely, you know, like I didn't really like go for uh, like the cookie cutter structure of it. Yeah. But um, I always kept kept that in the back of my mind too. And 
I guess we'll talk about it later once we get to talking about the end of the film too. Right. About the the next, what's next? So. Oh my goodness. <laughs> You're, te- you're teasing the audience. So um, what drew me into your film uh, right off the gate was, it, like you said, it wasn't that cookie cutter uh, Christian film. There is an edge to this film, and that's what really drew me in because, like, I mean, there's – you probably know this. I think everyone knows this. When it comes to, like, Christian media, it's usually cliche. It's usually boring cheesy but with your film it dives into real uh issues that someone like you or i or a friend or a neighbor would go through and that's what really you know i was like okay it drew me into these characters because they felt like people i would know and not like oh they're down on their luck but only if they look towards god that they will (laughs) solve all their problems and that's not entirely true for boone layla and bryson unfortunately so the beginning of this film the inciting incident is that bryson the brother of boone gets killed um I guess by a thug. Uh, it's not. It's not really explained who he's working for. If he is working for anybody, like he's just straight up murdered in the beginning of the film, and that's what sets off the rest of the plot of this movie. Um, yeah, when you were writing that scene, like, I guess why did you have Bryson be on the chopping block? <laughs> um, initially, I knew that he was going to be on the chopping block because it kind of centered uh i mean the film was centered around his death <laughs> so so eventually you know i i had to you know get that point across but um the biggest question i guess you're you're asking is probably why like as soon as we open our eyes to the film and and usually for me i tried to draw the audience in instantly you know um and right. and that I think for me was was what I was thinking. Like, oh, I want to make sure people keep watching. Um, Let me tell you, it worked. It was effective, and because <laughs> like there's so many unanswered questions, like who is this kid? Who's who's he working for? And from there, we meet Boone, who was a uh, he was in prison, and he was let off after ten years being in prison, and he goes back to the life that. You know, he was, you know, this is kind of like his hometown. And mm-hmm. from there he meets familiar faces and he sees that his brother was killed. And what was interesting, and I really like this setup that you put in, is that whoever these uh, criminals um, were doing, whatever they were doing, they were in bed with the Detroit police departments and they were covering up the murder of Bryson and Boone being completely separate, has no idea what's going on. When he saw the the news flash of like his brother being killed and he was like, my brother would not kill himself. He was murdered because like they, they like set it up like, oh, it was a suicide in the middle of the field at night. Uh, Two two shots to the back of the head. Worst case of suicide I've ever seen, but. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yes. Um, I think, I think with that, uh, I really wanted to, I mean, so to be honest with you, especially with like the, the villain, so to speak of of the film, I didn't want it to be like super typical, like, oh, he's a drug, like everybody's drug dealers, Mm -hmm. you know? So I was like, let's find another crime, you know? (laughs) And then, um, obviously, you know, that, that happens in real life. You know, Mm -hmm. we, we see that, uh, and actually we don't see it you know <laughs> right. but so many times uh 
we know of the law going left or being kind of crooked, unfortunately. And so mm-hmm. it's really it comes to be a story of redemption for for all all those sides. I mean, for mostly gotcha. for one, the cops mm-hmm. um, or the main cop. Right. So, like, when I was watching this film, I was like, are we in Gotham City? Like, like the cops are in bed with the criminals. Like, what could the cops be gaining? But, like, that's not the center of the film. Like, that's just the backdrop of um, what's set into motion, uh, which is Boone's character. And with Boone, like, you really fleshed him out. Like, he felt like uh, a person that, you know, he did his time in prison for a decade, took years from his life, uh, took away his entire 20s, and he's left, um, I think he's like 32 or something, 31, Um, and he's just left trying to pick up the pieces of his life, and the place that he goes back to, the community that he goes back to, isn't very welcoming because he's an ex-convict. As they describe him, he's a weirdo. So when you're writing this weirdo, Boone, um, were there any inspirations uh, for his character and his journey? I guess it was, you know, I'm going to be honest with you. When it came to the casting kind of had a a lot to do with the characters. So I was casting while I was writing. Oh. Um, And it was kind of like just a, um, I want to say... I really want to say, like, you know, this was something that that God, you know, kind of gave to me because when it when it came to like, oh, well, who are these people? I would even have to ask myself, I don't know. I don't even know, you know, where my creativity kind of like spun from with these, because especially in writing the story, it was like I had never I had never even lost anybody in my life, you know, no anybody like that close. And so, um a lot of the things that were like happening in the film, I, you know, couldn't even relate to Mm. (laughs) personally. And so I, like I said, I did do like, you know, some praying on it. And then I did, you know, some research on other films as well. Um, A big film that kind of like helped me like flesh out the story and like bring it home was uh, American history X. Mm. Okay. I can okay. I could see a little breadcrumbs of that film in yours. Um, wow. Okay, that's really interesting. Um, that was quite a film to draw inspiration from. I know, <laughs> I know. And I had I had never even I had never seen it. Um, someone had brought it up when I was telling them the story, you know, that I was coming up with, and they were like, "Oh, you should watch American History X." And I watched it, and I was like, "This is what I needed," you know. <laughs> you know and so um but with with Boone I would and I'm gonna give I have to give like all of the actors and actresses credit for you know how well they played these characters Mm -hmm. because um they stepped outside of themselves but they also I spent you know time with them developing the characters and I think time the time they spent away from me they spent time to develop in the characters you know it wasn't just like a it was very like they took their jobs very serious and so um i think sean who played boom had a lot to do with you know just channeling what who he thought the character would be based on the script 
That's really interesting. So it was more of a collaborative process where they were given some, you were given it back, you're working together uh, with the same goal of like fleshing out this beautiful story. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Yes, um, I feel like I said, like, this is how I imagine it. And... I did like one-on-ones because all of our kind of meetings were over Zoom at the time. Mm. So I would just do like, okay, we'll do a one-on-one um, and we'll just, you know, talk about, you know, what you think your character should bring, what I think the character should bring, and then let's just meet in the middle. And then also, because what I think your character should bring or do, um, it's not always, you know, going to come out right if you just, if you just like, are robotically doing it you know <laughs> so I, I made sure that I tried to uh, direct everyone in a sense where okay don't you know if it if it doesn't come off right then let's let's go back to the drawing board and see like <laughs> how, how would you do it you know <laughs> um Very and it was even some parts where after I had like cut off cut the film together and like it was just some dialogue parts that's something that I'm really working on uh, in writing scripts <laughs> Um, it's just really finding like each character's voice, but uh-huh. I cut out some parts where it was like that's just way too cheesy. Like I, I, I have to cut that. Like, <laughs> you know, Boone, you just have to ask yourself, what would God do in this situation? <laughs> I'm glad you asked that. Let's turn to Ephesians chapter five. <laughs> exactly, and that's so much of um, what the Christian films or faith-based films are. Today, unfortunately, it's very, like, kind of preachy. And I mm. wanted to really stay stay away from that um, and make it feel like a, something that would naturally, you know, something that a person would naturally come into right. um, or not, like, run a person away because they say, because they say, like, oh, this is a Christian film. Let me run. I don't, I didn't want this, you know. <laughs> All right. I thought this was a, you know, a gangbanger or a drug, you know. I thought this was Harlem Nights, like, no. <laughs> yeah. And so I wanted that, but I, I, I also wanted it to be like a real experience. So right, and these characters did feel real, and I think there is a clear difference between, say, a quote Christian film 
in a film that is made by Christians. Like there's a huge difference. Mm-hmm. And I think your film fits in that latter box where it was definitely inspired from the teachings of the Bible, um, the teachings of the characters within the Bible, and then translated, transposed onto your film and those messages coming through uh, in the characters' actions and their dialogue and the situations that they put themselves in. Um, so we talked a lot about Boone. So let's talk about another integral part of your film, which is Layla. So yes. when Boone gets out of prison, you know, he's trying to navigate the fog of like this new world, you know, being 10 years uh, separated from. And he meets Layla, who was the best friend of his late younger brother. And Layla is a youth pastor. So would you like to unpack Layla's character just a little bit? Yes, sure. So um, Layla is a youth pastor who, in relation to Boone, lost her parents. Um, and kind of her her biggest, her, like, the most important person in her life at, at the time is, you know, her sister, her older sister, Jamie. And her, like, so Layla's main thing is is just being like a inspirational, you know, somebody who really loves kids. And, and actually, um, the character who plays Layla is very kind of similar to <laughs> kind of similar uh, to to Layla. And so she um, is kind of she's young. She's 23. So she's like really in that part of her life where. She's still finding herself, mm-hmm. so to speak. Um, she's still finding, you know, her voice or what she wants. Um, but at the same time, you know, she's old enough to be a guidance to children. And, you know, I think she has a good foundation. But she's very curious, too. Mm-hmm. And that is kind of what leads to the meeting and further, you know, introduction of, of Boone, mm-hmm. so to speak. Is is she's She's young. And she's curious. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the basis of her is just her being kind of like innocent, but not so innocent. You know, I don't I don't know. She's she knows what she's doing. She knows what she's doing, <laughs> but she can kind of get away with it just because she's, you know, a little young. So, <laughs> <laughs> Right. She is an adult while her peers, not her peers, but like the people surrounding her life don't see her as an adult. And like, that's the biggest thing that she has to overcome. It's like, you know, I'm an adult. I can make my own decisions because like when she started seeing Boone, people had a problem with that. And they're like, why are you messing around? Why are you hanging out with this uh, ex-convict? Do you even know who he is? Like he yeah. he he was in jail. Like he is not a good person. Not a, a young Christian woman would not be hanging out with those people. Well, I say to you, what did Jesus do when he was on the earth? <laughs> yes, um, and yeah. So you know, she's surrounded by people who are who have been adults for a, a long time, so to speak. Right. And so she, they think they all know, you know, what's best for her. And I think this is kind of. Her building the relationship with Boone was kind of like a rebellious thing, too. Um, A bit. I feel like it was a a little bit rebellious. Uh, But at the same time, I think she was genuinely, like, drawn drawn to him. Right. Like, if... Like their relationship, because like it wasn't love at first sight at all, um, in my opinion. Like there was some fostering going on because like she was, you know, in the beginning, curious. She was curious of this guy. Who is this guy? And when she found out who he was, that didn't 
uh, deter her uh, interest at all. Like she was still interested uh, to at least get to know the guy. And when she got to know him further, that's when actually formed a relationship. Uh, however, on Boone's end, I don't know if his intentions were entirely pure. There's a few scenes throughout this entire film where I'm like, what? what is he thinking right now? Because like, so there was a scene, there's two scenes. There's one scene um, where she is like shopping in a bookstore and Boone is there and he's kind of like flirting with the clerk. Um, and she's, you know, there's a little bit of a back and forth. Okay, so he's a bit of a, a flirtatious guy. He's a little bit of a player. You know, he's been out of the game for like 10 years, so he's catching yeah. up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, naturally, I, I felt like, you know, um, any man would be, or try to be, at least after 10 years of right. not really seeing a woman. Right. Hey, girl, <laughs> I just got out of the clink. Uh, you want to you go out for some milkshake sometime? Oh, I'm a little bit rusty. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, All like, right. after, like, I, I kind of felt like he was, like, negging her. I was like, is he trying to make her jealous? Or is he, like, just being flirtatious to everybody? But there's a scene in the bar uh, that you wrote where... She was, I think, going to let off some steam, just, you know, just wanted to grab a drink, blow some stress. And coincidentally, Boone was there with, I think, a friend. And he was talking about that encounter in the bookstore and how he was like, you know, girls are thirsty right now. And I'm like, oh, speaking of thirsty, hey, Layla, what's going on? And I'm like, what's happening right now? (laughs) So, um... That that's probably one of personally knowing the behind the scenes of that one of the funniest scenes uh-huh. <laughs> in the film for me because um, I didn't actually realize what he was saying. Um, I I just told him to just talk. So to, that was all ad libbed. Okay. Yes, and it it just worked. <laughs> <laughs> and it wasn't literally until we did oh, wow. uh, private screening uh, in theaters. Where I really like realized what he was he was saying because the entire audience just you know burst out laughing because of what he was saying, and, <laughs> and so um so yeah that was that was fully Sean's like ad libbing okay. and intentionally I kind of wanted to make make it you know I wanted the character to be a little ambiguous when it came to like is he, you know, well-intended or is mm-hmm. he not? Like, does mm-hmm. he, is he just kind of like preying on this girl or, you know, and just trying to get, you know, something from her or is he just like genuinely taking interest in her as, as a friend? Right. Um, in a reciprocal way. Right. I think. I left I would, it open. It is, <laughs> it is open. And I would like to think that he is being, intentional uh he is being genuine towards her but of course there's going to be a level of you know i'm obviously attracted to you um you know some girls are thirsty i don't know if you're being thirsty drinking that drink right now but (laughs) (laughs) what was funny like just uh prop design i like how i I have to say they're drinking i don't know what kind of drink she was drinking it was blue in like a a wine glass (laughs) (laughs) Um, so, so they were actually just drinking colored water. Um, Hollywood. This is yes. uh, flavored uh, water. Yes. So we were in a real bar, but they were like, oh, you could just mix it with this color. Mm-hmm. And so we were like, yeah, let's do that. Because, I mean, I didn't know how many takes we were going to take. And then right. 
then to I'm pretty sure like Sean didn't drink like Sean doesn't drink mm. um I don't even drink like that so <laughs> you know nobody wants to get anybody drunk here but um, <laughs> I will say Aunt Didi we did have a uh, real wine for her um in the scene where she was drinking wine oh. <laughs> and she she okay. did she constant she does bring up like yeah I, I got a little you know a little drunk that day because <laughs> of the take amount number of ten. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but um no they were drinking water uh colored water and it really was nasty so <laughs> <laughs> um so moving from there so like boone and layla developed this relationship and um it's it's very tender in comparison to what's happening outside of their relationship because like there's a lot of turmoil going on because like you have one Boone's trying to figure out what happened to his brother and then at mm -hmm. the same time the police are trying to cut ties with uh the criminal underlords of yeah. Detroit um so uh, the crime lord, was he the brother, the older brother of Boone? No, he was really... So the three of them, uh, Wake, who played the cop, mm -hmm. and um, Boone and the crime lord, Rita, that was his, his name, um, He, the three of them were friends growing up, like in high school. And okay. so while Boone was kind of like on... I think uh, in his when he turns around in the warehouse and explains, but you know, that, that was like, it wasn't his real brother. Um, but they had a close relationship up until, you know, they were committing crimes together and it just one person left the other person for dead. So, right. Yeah. Like I do, I appreciated your shooting style when it comes to intersplicing kind of flashback scenes to give context to what's happening in present day versus what happened years earlier of why everything even happened. Um, so one of those pivotal scenes was what caused Boone to go into prison in the first place where he was um, doing a crime with, uh, what was his name again? Rita. Doing the crime with Rita. And Rita, you know... I just love how you depicted him because, like, throughout this entire film, he seems like a really, you know, a tough guy, a kingpin. And when it comes down to what caused him to go down that road to begin with while Boone was in jail was he set up Boone to get arrested. So then he would still be on the streets and him doing the time, Boone. I, I was like, okay, so this guy is like this hardened criminal, but at the core, he's a coward. Because like, as the police were coming, as they were breaking into this house to steal their stuff, he ran. He ran. And yeah. I, was, I was like, oh, there's the character. There's the flaw within you, other than being a criminal. Like, you're a coward. Like, when you were writing that character, like, what was going through your mind when you were uh, fleshing these characters out? When I was writing Rita, I think I know for a fact, um, like the the warehouse scene, I had decided I needed to go back, and that was like a very late scene that we shot. We actually went back to shoot that. I wrote it after you know we had finished shooting, mm. but um, and that was just because I felt like we needed to just not make him all 
you know, bad with no purpose, right. obviously. <laughs> um, so when I was writing him, I was thinking more so along the lines of what would be a reason for, you know, somebody to betray somebody that, that was their friend. Um, and one of the biggest things that came to mind was envy and jealousy and, you know, just seeing, I mean, and, and this has happened in real life to, you know, to everyone, so to speak, but people see like the potential of a person and it's kind of just like that. Uh, how do you put it? Somebody that preys on people that they feel like could be weak in certain areas um, or. Okay. A predator. And that's, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. Right. A predator. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. So, so I, I was thinking of him more so being like, you know, somebody just was, who was just envious and just from like real life experiences, like why would you intentionally want to hurt somebody that, you know, you consider to be a friend unless you really just didn't want them to win genuinely because you were jealous of what they had right, or what they might have in the future. Right. And ultimately that's not really a friend. Uh, if you're looking at your friends, not as friends, but commodities or even just pawns to get you further in life. And that's yeah. what Rita was doing with Boone is like, I'm going to use you um, so I can get the things that I want and get myself where I want to be at yeah. your detriment. I don't really care about you. I just care about myself. Exactly. And that's what it came down to um, for his character in general is that, you know, he was just very... I mean, he was he wasn't a loving person to really anybody, but right. himself, if even that. Right, envious of what others have because he doesn't have it, and he's, I guess, jealous because like he doesn't have it. That's that's really interesting because I just wonder what Boone had that Rita didn't have. You know, um, for me, it, it, I think it was mostly just the potential of seeing somebody who could have been greater than him. Mm. And in a sense that he knew, I think at the core of it, that Boone wasn't really a, you know, bad person or uh, somebody who, you know, had bad intentions. Um, And that Boone could have probably made a good life for himself had he not went down the path with Rita. And so he's saying, okay, Boone has a brother, he has a grandma, and from Rita's perspective, he has, you know, family who doesn't really love or appreciate him. Mm -hmm. Um, And so just kind of like seeing, I mean, being jealous of of things that not necessarily uh, materialistic things, but being jealous of, I guess, somebody who's pure hearted and, you know, destined for good things right so then he preyed upon that potentiality within Boone because he knew at the core of who he was that he would never achieve what Boone could so then he knocked him down and in doing so he achieved the potentiality that Boone could have had because obviously he was out of the game he was in jail he was in a cage uh, for 10 years while uh, Rita was reaping the benefits of organizing crime without throughout the entire Detroit area. Yeah, that's really <laughs> it's really interesting. Uh it's it's a 
it's a very interesting character that I don't think a lot of Christian media uh, traverse because I don't know if there's, they're afraid to talk about like deep uh, things like that. They just r- rather uh, focus in on like the surface level things like belief and <laughs> grace. But the, uh, like the everyday lives of a lot of people, uh, it's a bit more nuanced uh, than that. It's a little bit darker than that. And I think you tapped into that with the character dynamics between Boone and Rita with Layla tossed in there as well. So, yeah, that's very interesting. Um, Moving from there, I do want to talk about the ending of your film. Spoiler alert, everybody. Spoiler alert. Okay. (laughs) So (laughs) Layla um, develops uh, an intimate relationship with Boone. And what was really like, this really stood out to me, um, is when, so Layla is a youth pastor. So she teaches kind of like Sunday school to very young kids Mm -hmm. about like the principles uh, embedded within uh, scripture. And Boone was going to the church that she attends just to visit her. And Mm -hmm. the congregation stopped him, stopped him dead in his tracks and said, you are not welcomed here. You know who you are and you shouldn't even be uh, with Layla. You know what you did. Like, like almost like they're, stamping out uh, the snakes and they believe Boone is a snake when in actuality he's not. He's a very genuine man. And that really bothered me so much. Uh, and it shows kind of, to me, the theme of, I don't know, being uh, a hypocrite uh, when it comes to your faith because like uh, in the Christian doctrine, uh, we are taught to welcome everybody. Come as you are. Uh, but in terms of this congregation, they're like, no, you come as how I want you to come. And they definitely shoot Boone away based on superficial things like he's an ex-con or anything like that. Um, when you are writing that, um, what, what was going through your mind when you're writing uh, those scenes? Um, one of the biggest things was that I really wanted to kind of be reflective of real life. Uh, when we see... So one of I feel like the biggest reason people turn away from Christians or, you know, church people, so to speak, is because of the hypocrisy mm-hmm. um, is because people see I mean, because people have been ridiculed for being simply who they are or having their certain situations, whereas uh, the reality is we all have, you know, flaws and sins and, you know, falling short. So I wanted that to to speak to it. And actually in that moment, uh, Boone was coming to to say goodbye to Layla because he was leaving or coming to let her know like, hey, I'm leaving. Uh, And I I needed to kind of put something there where it stopped him in his pursuit to to complete, like, I mean, because because re- that's reality. A lot of times, it's just, and he and he would then go on to kind of just leave it, leave it alone, mm-hmm. um, considering that he felt like he was doing more hurt than help in her life. Mm. Right. Yeah, I can. Yeah, because like that is so relevant and relatable because like we all we are all Boone, like. Every single one of us, like we, we can all relate to Boone because like we are Boone because like we all have 
lack of a better phrase, skeletons in the closet. There's there's things like our hands are are red. Like no one's pure, no one's no one's clean. Uh, just going through life, um, whatever it is, uh, we all have baggage. And when we come to uh, faith, when we come to you know these places of worship, we shouldn't be judged by what we bring, but who we are on the inside. Yeah. And they didn't see him like that at all. And that's a very real thing because like, that's, that's how people are. And like you said, like that's, that's a big stigma when it comes to uh, the Christian faith is because like the way a friend put it was churches are like hospitals for the broken. Like mm-hmm. no, no one's coming to church uh, because they have it all together. They have it because exactly. they come to church because they don't have it together. And there's a stigma like you need to have your life perfect in order to come yeah. to church. And that's totally not true, um, especially in the case of Boone. Um, but, yeah, when he was shooed away because, like like you said, he was going to say goodbye to Layla because he felt like he was being a stumbling block in her life. Um, but he didn't have that goodbye moment because, like, if I were to imagine it, like, if they had that scene together – um, I don't think Boone would have left. I think he would have stayed uh, in Detroit and they would have maybe had a relationship or, or even tried to, uh, whatever the outcome may be. But getting to like the last beats of the film, if yeah. you do a, a flash forward of five years and Layla is in her house and she gets a mysterious phone call and who's on the phone page? <laughs> It is Boone. Yes. Boone is on the phone. Yes, he is. <laughs> yes. Um, she gets this mysterious phone call after not having her from Boone since since the last time whatever occurred occurred. Um, that was the very last time she she seen him. And so it's more than a surprise when she gets the phone call because I could imagine it's somebody who's always been on her mind, given her current circumstance. Right. <laughs> and uh, at the same time, could also be somebody that she wasn't, you know, thinking about at the time because it had been five years. Right. And in that scene, she's surprised it's Boone. Boone's happy, like, oh, I'm glad. I'm glad to hear your voice again. And Layla asks a very topical question a very important question (laughs) where have you been all this time (laughs) and he's like well let me read you a line from the bible and then as he's doing that the camera pans down to where um layla was sitting to the couch and we see a young boy fade to black ending of the movie and i was like hold up (laughs) I was like, hold <laughs> on. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So that um, leads us to more of a story to be told with Meet and Bone, um, which is going to be a sequel. Oh, you heard it here first, folks. Meeting <laughs> Boone 2. I yeah, can't believe it. <laughs> Meet and Bone uh, 2, Son of Man is what it's going to be called. Wait, really? Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, that's cool. Yeah. Wow. So, um, so yeah, that that leaves that open. Initially, uh, I don't, I don't know, because it had been like a long time since I wrote it, but um, I kind of feel like I had set it up for a two, 
and I didn't really mean to. <laughs> um, but after, you know, watching it so many times on my own, it definitely felt like very, um, you know, cliffhangerish or just like, darn. So, like, we need to see what happens next or like, you know, who is this? And I, and even in the private screening, uh, we did, a lot of people had the question of, is that a boy or is that a man? Which was weird, I felt. But at the same time, um, kind of left that open too, like the ambiguity of like, well, did she get another guy, which could also happen, but also did she have a child? Right. And it makes sense, like, I mean, it only takes one time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so that surprised me because I didn't expect a cliffhanger when it comes to this movie, but like there is a cliffhanger. And I was like, wow. And if I can unpack this a little bit, you don't have to uh, fully get into it if you don't want to, if you want to preserve uh, the second part of this uh, saga with Boone and Layla. But like when Layla asked Boone, like, where have you been all this time? And then his immediate response was, let me read this scripture from the Bible. I was like, (laughs) is he dodging the question? That was my, I was like, he didn't even answer a question. It's like, where have you been all this time? Well, the Bible says, and, uh, (laughs) so, um, Boone actually, there was a a point in the film where, uh, Wake, the officer Mm. had offered to help him. And a part of him leaving had a lot to do with Wake offering to help him leave town. Okay. Um, so he kind of went away because he felt like the that place was no longer a good place for him to be. Mm. Um, given that, you know, in town, there was so many, like, you know, misconceptions about him. And then he was, you know, prone to trouble. And so, so it felt like. So I think for Wake, it felt like a, redem- a point of redemption. You know, like, oh, I'm going to help him. Right. And then for Boone, it was like, let me just really start over. Yeah, because like he's dressed differently. He looks different. Um, he seems like he's in a better place than where he was five years prior uh, where the movie takes place. So wherever he is, I just wonder where the story will go next. But I think you hinted at it in the end credits because like there's a a, a Bible verse that was flashed on the screen for like a couple seconds it was proverbs seventeen nine. if i could read it so it says whoever would foster love covers over an offense but whoever repeats the matter separates close friends could you give us a little detail on what that means uh when it comes to boone's story or layla that's at the end of the film yeah, Proverbs seventeen. You just put the verse on there. It wasn't wasn't the full <laughs> verse. It was just Proverbs seventeen nine. Oh wow. Okay. Um, did you actually great... put that on there? Yes, I did. Oh, okay. I really truly did. Okay. And um, <laughs> and I don't know what I was thinking then. Honestly, uh, I have to go back and look. <laughs> but it was. I know it was intentional. I can say that. Uh, I know it was intentional. Would... And as it as for it being a spoiler or not even a spoiler but a hint mm-hmm. um whoever covers an offense seeks love but he who repeats the matter separates close friends yes. so um 
yeah, I was really thinking. But the next film goes into some some things repeat themselves and it it comes down to okay it, it comes down to mostly boom kind of c- coming back to where he started when we first got here so to speak that's all i can say as far as like okay the, the wheel turns the again okay yeah so, but there are a lot of other factors, a lot um, that come into play, obviously, because it's five years later. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe it might, I, I think it might be even later than five years later in the second film. Oh, wow. Um, and so there's a lot of time and a lot of development for all of these people. Uh, I mean, for all of the characters, because we do see everyone back. Um, I think maybe ex- obviously except Bryson <laughs> could come back as a ghost yeah, yeah I mean he's gonna come back in a dream or something <laughs> but, but um, everybody comes back and everybody is very much still themselves but um, you know time has did you know did their numbers on them and circumstances are different but the same very interesting well I'm really looking forward to uh, the second chapter of meeting Boone. I know I was being tongue-in-cheek, but it would be funny if Bryson came back as like a, a Christmas carol. He's like haunting <laughs> Boone. Oh, <laughs> Bryson. <it's laughs> my old brother. <laughs> I must show you the past, the future, and the present. Don't uh, do that, please. <laughs> I, I won't do that. Uh, I really want to do it now that you brought it up. You know, you found my secret. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So uh, let's get into the final segment of the show, which is called Off the Fence. Okay. So when it comes to this story of meeting Boone, let me ask you the first question. Do you think Layla's life would have been better if she never met Boone? No. Oh. There was a... a foreshadow in the film when she's watching TV with her sister mm-hmm. and they're watching a show that is very similar to what is about to happen to her life and she says at least her son was a blessing <laughs> or something along the lines um, it was kind of like supposed to be a foreshadow for you know her life um, very clever and and she says, like, oh, yeah, he just took off. You know, that was the worst part. I, that really made me mad that he just took off. But at least her son was a blessing. <laughs> and so, um, no, I, I don't. I don't. And I think that's the makings of, of all of our lives is that we sometimes think, like, oh, you know, these, if I would have never did this, then I would have been good to go. But the reality is, like, we don't know what, what else would have gotten in the way of that or you know what God's plan really really is for us and there's a reason why you know for some people oh we didn't get that scholarship we didn't marry that person we didn't you know uh, get that job or x y and z it's because it was probably the way I like to see it is you know um what do they say God's rejection is protection or something so we just Mm. we we never know like 
what he was, you know, saving us from. Mm-hmm. There have been instances where, you know, you get caught in traffic and um, you think like, oh, I'm running late for X, Y, and Z. But little do you know, uh, had you been on time, you would have been in the accident. Mm-hmm. That was, you know, so things like that. Um, so, no, I don't I don't think that might have been too wordy. But, yeah, I don't think her life would have been better. There are no coincidences. She was meant to meet Boone. Wow. Yes. Very interesting. So when it comes to Boone, do you think his life was better after he met Layla or was it worse? Um, I think it's better. I think it was better because I think he really had nobody. He didn't have anyone. Um, He had Dr. Aaron, who he wasn't really all that open to. (laughs) Um, And then... Yeah, there was, like, no one else in his life. The only person he was expecting to come home to was deceased. So, uh, and then, so, yeah, that was, like, kind of the light of his life, so to speak. When At least when he got out of jail, like, right. he, didn't, he didn't have anybody else. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Yeah, I think think both their lives are enriched uh, in different ways uh, Mm -hmm. because I do think... I do think there are no coincidences in life. I think everything happens for a reason. Um, and them meeting, they found different things. Uh, I think Boone found purpose after being in jail. And Layla also found purpose uh, in becoming a mother. Uh, even though Boone wasn't around for the first several years of their child's life, maybe in the sequel, uh, that will change. But who knows? We'll find out. Who Same. knows, really? Who knows how her parenting is going to be, too? Oh, my. <laughs> yes. Can't uh-huh. wait. So my final question is, so since you mentioned meeting Boone, too, son mm-hmm. of man, are you allowed to say when that will come out? Can you give me a general 
time frame? I, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm like in really early stages of pre pro, okay. uh, but I could I could say we'll probably shoot um, at the latest, like next at the latest next spring. My next spring, that's okay. when we'll be shooting it, and then usually after that, um, it all just depends. Uh, there's no set date, but you know, considering at this very moment of this interview, meeting Boone hasn't even came out. <laughs> hasn't even came out to the public uh i'm gonna roughly say 2024 2025 okay yeah well i can't wait to see uh where these characters go so meeting boon is going to be streaming on tubi on may 6th yes awesome so where is the best place to find that um well if you have a smart tv um, you can download the app, uh, Tubi, the Tubi app, T-U-B-I. Um, if you, by then, May 6th, if you just go to www.meetingboomfilm.com, um, there will be a direct link to lead you to the Tubi app to watch the film. <laughs> so, <laughs> awesome. um, and, then, and then later on, uh, the film will develop and pop up elsewhere on other streaming platforms like Amazon and uh, maybe Pluto or, you know, some other places uh, wherever we can kind of get it. Awesome. Well, I wish you all the best of luck and please check that out. So Paige, are you ready to close out the show? Yes. Okay. I am. Let's do it. (laughs) (laughs) But that's it for this time on Syndicate. We hope you enjoyed yourself. We've been talking about Meeting Boone. Please check it out where it is available. And before we go, thank you so much, Paige, for coming on to Syndicate. This was a blast. Thank you, Armand, for having me. I had the greatest time, especially talking about this film. Um, And I really appreciate you. Absolutely. Yeah, your film was spectacular, and I hope everyone checks it out. So please go to meetingboonfilm.com to check out the film and to see where it is streaming but if you'd like to keep this conversation going please add us on your favorite social media platform at syndicates that is syndicate on instagram twitter and letterboxd or join the discord server where you can catch myself along with other podcasters and listeners talking about this film and others at syndicate.com forward slash discord and before we go would you like to plug your instagram sure um our film instagram is at meeting boom film and my personal Instagram is at PayPage, P-A-Y-P-A-I-G-E. Um, it does not mean pay me. It's <laughs> <laughs> just a nickname. <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah, so please connect with her there. And until next time, stop that scroll and spend more time watching. Goodbye. <laughs>